Last week, leaders of the Southern Baptist Convention released a 205-page list with the names of Southern Baptist pastors and church staff who have been accused of sexual abuse for decades. Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's it going? It's going great. Glad to hear Frantically trying to get ready for the witch's market that we're doing this week. Uh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Luckily, my kids are home, unfortunately for them, uh, I don't know what time they thought we were going to spend having fun. They've been uh, mostly doing foil art. <laughs> <laughs> but I've really well, appreciated the extra That could hand. be fun. Right? We've had lots of good visits. Yeah. So, well, see, there you go. It works. But right before we recorded, I discovered, uh, and I knew this last week but forgot, that the puppies chewed through the uh, cord on my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. I'll have to get new headphones, but for today, I'm on a different setup than normal, but it's fine. It works, but yeah. Well, you know, when you work in, in audio and video, you just always have more than one option at all times. Just oh, for case. sure. Yeah, and they, they, there's perks to both, but actually, I, once I put these in on and started listening to you, I realized my headphones have been going south for a while. <laughs> so this is actually a lot better. So thanks, I guess. I guess. Well, this is why we can't have nice things. How right. about you? What you been up to? I uh, I'm great. Just you know, recovering from a very fun camping weekend. Yes, but it always takes me a couple of days to mm-hmm. kind of get the gumption back after a trip like that. Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but we had a great time. It was nice. I it, w- it was what I needed. I needed to get outside, mm-hmm. and out of my house, and that was really fun. It was awesome. It did rain every day, and we just wore good clothes. Then yeah. set up awnings to set up a little cook shack under, and you know, did retreat to campers to play games and stuff here and there. But did a lot of sitting around the fire and drizzle, and we didn't care. It was just yeah. great to mm-hmm. be out. It was. It really was. It really was. We had a great time. Mm-hmm. Well, this is our Wednesday episode, and we will be back tonight with case updates uh-huh. and with our live stream at uh, 7 p.m. Mountain. But we have a lot to get into before we get there. So, Katie, I think you're going to kick us off with a little O Idaho. Indeed. <laughs> You actually don't suck this time. It's a miracle to all involved, but... What? Wow. Yeah. Idaho might be doing a little better. You might remember this case from a few years ago. This started about three years ago in China. So what does that have to do with Idaho? Good question. Well, Alyssa Peterson is a girl from Rexburg. And which is where you're living currently, mm-hmm. where we're from. 
Mm-hmm. And she and another man, uh, her boss, a man named Jacob Harlan, he he owned and founded a company and she was working for him. And the company arranges for college students to visit China and teach English to students. And in fact, I know quite a few people who have done just that and, and worked for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were younger, that was really a thing, you know, to yeah, do. was. And somehow they drew the ire of the uh, the Chinese police and ended up getting arrested and charged with trafficking. Basically, the charge was something to do with improperly uh, moving people back and forth over the border. And they were both arrested and thrown in jail. And this was a terrifying thing for Alyssa's family. She's young and she was not uh, intending to do anything wrong. In fact, the jury's out on whether they actually did do anything wrong. Right. Uh, And in fact, eventually she was found not guilty. The justice system in China, as you can imagine, is there's no justice in it. So this happened in September of 2019 when she was first arrested. And in fact, uh, in 2020, a congressional uh, committee tried to uh, get the help of President Trump to help get her uh, freed. That didn't happen. Uh, That was, I think, towards the end of his tenure anyway. But uh, there really wasn't any presidential help. And Mm. eventually, uh, so they were both arrested. Alyssa and Harlem were both arrested. Mm -hmm. And Alyssa's family had been fundraising. I remember when this happened and they fundraised Mm. about $50,000 to cover her legal fees. So she had a trial in May of 2021 where she was found not guilty and sat in jail for another year. Yeah. Yikes. Mm -hmm. Very scary. Yep. So even though she was found not guilty, they kept her in jail and tried her again. You just keep trying until they find her guilty? Is that how this works? Yep. So this time, they sentenced her to two and a half years in jail with credit for time served. Because she's been in jail for two and a half years. In two and a half years, her parents have never been allowed to speak to her on the phone. Mm. They have received a very occasional letter from her. They send letters to the consulate. And occasionally, a consulate member would go visit her. And check on her conditions and maybe bring her a letter from her parents. But it's been very limited. The contact that she's had to her family has mm-hmm. been an absolutely terrifying experience. Well, mm-hmm. out of the blue, she called her parents a few days ago and said, I'm at the airport and I'm flying home. So they... Uh, went to St. Louis and it was a 13 hour flight to Los Angeles and a three hour flight to get home to St. Louis where her family now lives. And yep, that's how it happened. They just suddenly released her and put her on a plane and sent her home. Oh, that's so scary. No rhyme or reason to any of it. Has lived on rice for two and a half years. That's all they were fed in jail is rice. Yep. Yep. So Harlan, however, is still in prison. 
and the details of his case are still pretty unclear. But at least Alyssa has finally been sent home and is back with her family. But it's a terrifying thought to get arrested in a foreign country, particularly ones who have very problematic justice systems. You know, this is like the WNBA star that's been in jail in Russia. Terrible, terrible situation. So at any rate, it's not so much, oh, Idaho. Idaho didn't actually muff up this time, but this is an Idaho girl and she's finally free. But thank goodness she is. They they could have kept her forever. They they could have. Yeah. Probably a miracle she got sent home. It really is. It makes you wonder. And I know we don't know why, and we may never know why, but why they released her. Well, isn't that something to get found not guilty and then held in jail for another year? And then tried again. And then tried again. I mean, our justice system has a lot of problems, but don't generally do that. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Well, Chris, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for our main case. Okay. So last week, the day before the school shooting in Texas, a bombshell was dropped. And that bombshell got slightly ignored because of the school shooting. No shade there at all, obviously. But this is something really, really important that I wanted to make sure we share with you. So last week, leaders of the Southern Baptist Convention released a 205-page list with the names of Southern Baptist pastors and church staff who have been accused of sexual abuse over the last 20 years. Yeah. So a year ago, the executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention, and these acronyms are a little hard for me because I'm not Southern Baptist, but I imagine if you are, you know exactly who I'm talking about. They decided that they needed an in-depth investigation into their organization and how it was handling allegations of sexual abuse. And so boy, they, hired, did they. boy they hired a company called Guidepost Solutions. And I, I mean, I'm going to share some of what they've found and some of what's happened. We can't share it all. Trigger warning, um, there will be some discussion of sexual assault. We're not going to get into any specifics, but this is horrifying. And it's just, it's just as bad and probably worse than you would expect in any large church organization, because obviously this is a very common thing, but I wanted to share a few things with you. One of the things that came out in the guidepost solutions investigation was how poorly survivors were treated when they came to their church to report that they were being assaulted or had been or abused by someone working for that church. And that there was a real pattern of vilifying victims and protecting leaders. So I'm going to, I'm going to read to you a few examples. So former SBC president, that's Southern Baptist convention uh, President Steve Gaines admitted that as a senior pastor at Bellevue Baptist Church, he had delayed reporting a staff minister's prior sexual abuse of a child out of heartfelt concern and compassion 
for the minister. Let that sink in for a moment. Yeah. This is where the, boy, have we heard this kind of bullshit. But this is going to ruin that young man's life. Yeah. 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 Of course, now he's saying he should have brought it to the attention of church leadership immediately. Oh, too little too late, Steve Gaines, you jackass. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that's so gross. How many other children did you cause yeah. to get abused because you chose not to speak up? Yeah. Heartfelt concern and compassion for the minister. What the hell? Uh, also, former SBC president Jack Graham. Now, we're talking top leadership in this organization, you guys. Mm-hmm. When he was pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, alleged, allegedly allowed an accuser, uh, an accused abuser of young boys to be dismissed quietly in 1989 without reporting the abuse to the police. The accused abuser, John Lang- Langworthy, later was charged with abusing young boys in Mississippi in 2011 surprise surprise right so uh he was uh known to be abusing young boys in 1989 wasn't actually charged until 2011 my god yeah so 12 years worth of abused children yep right on jack graham's head uh, former SBC president Paige Patterson was terminated from his position at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in 2018 after it was revealed that he told a student not to report a rape in 2003 and in 2015 emailed his intention to meet with another student who had reported an assault with no other officials present so he could break her down. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, that's horrifying. Yeah. Then we have former SBC vice president, Judge Paul Pressler, is the defendant in a civil sexual abuse lawsuit alleging he repeatedly sexually abused the plaintiff beginning when the plaintiff was 14 years old. Two other men submitted separate affidavits in the case, also accusing Judge Pressler of sexual misconduct. Oh. And another uh, former executive committee interim president and general counsel, Augie Boto, testified as a character witness for Mark Scheifelbein, a gymnastics coach convicted of multiple accounts of sexual assault against a minor. During his testimony at a post-conviction evidentiary hearing in September 2008, Mr. Boto identified himself as general trial counsel and attorney for the executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention. And he was testifying as a character witness. These, of course, are very small examples. I'm going to tell you one other story. But this is vast and far-reaching and heartbreaking and just, frankly, not all that damn surprising. No, but infuriating nonetheless. Uh, yeah. Wow. But let me tell you, because this, you may have seen the videos of this, and I am not showing the videos because I feel like it would be um, very triggering for a lot of people. But uh, let's see. This happened um, in the New Life Christian Church World Outreach in Warsaw, Indiana, uh, Sunday before last. Pastor John Lowe II pleaded for his congregation to seek the saving knowledge of Christ. 
he said he had a confession. I'm just reading from the article because I don't want to paraphrase this. <laughs> um, he wanted to follow a biblical process of confession, repentance, and forgiveness. Well, of course. Lead, right. Which would lead up to him finally admitting that he had committed what he called adultery. Adultery. Yes. yes. Okay. Gosh, well, adultery. yes. Let's talk about the adultery. So he asked the congregation for forgiveness, said he was stepping aside from ministry responsibilities. And, you know, so basically, you know, he's done his bit, right? Yes. He received a standing ovation. We love you, Pastor. The video yeah. is so it's disgusting. So, so then a woman and her husband come up to the pulpit. And she says, I lived in a prison of shame and of lies and shame, lying to protect the low family, having suicidal thoughts, not realizing what had been truly done to me. I would still be in a prison if my brother had not approached me just two weeks ago with what he had seen as a teenager that bothered him all these years. His pastor in bed with his younger sister, a t-shirt and wearing only a t-shirt and underwear. People knew but were too afraid to come forward and they have now the lies and the manipulation have to stop. Guys, salt. It's the minimizing, the victim blaming, mm -hmm. uh, the cover-ups, it's no better than what we've seen oh, in the, the Catholic Church. Okay, I should have done it differently, but... Yeah, yeah, the, the hindsight 2020 kind of bullshit, mm -hmm. no. All of this. What the, what the uh, Guidepost uh, Solutions Report says is that everything that the, all decisions made by leadership were made in an attempt to protect the church from liability. This was about yeah. money and it was not about people. Of course. Um, which is just terrifying, horrifying. If it was about people. These things would have never been stalled. Right. We wouldn't have never been showing up at uh, to be character witnesses for pedophiles. Right. Yeah. No, right. it was never, is never about people. No, never, ever. And these... Um, brave victims have continued to report and report and report. And at one point they started, the church leadership started keeping a list of all the pastors who had, or church staff who had been accused and all of the information about them. But that list was kept private and they yeah. did nothing with it. It is now released. It's out into the world. You can take a look at it if you want to. There should be criminal charges against the people that covered these things up. Right? Shouldn't there? Yeah. I mean, they were facilitating the abuse of minors. Mm -hmm. It's just, it just, mm, it's so sick and not surprising and yet so disheartening that mm -hmm. we just continue to see these things coming out of large religious organizations. Yeah. It's horrifying. Absolutely. We wanted to report on it. We'll continue to share as more information comes out. Check yeah. for links in the uh, show description because you can get a lot more information. You know, we can't possibly cover all of it, yeah. but we wanted to get it out there so that you all are aware and give you the opportunity to read more on your own. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, hopefully we will continue to dismantle this kind of sickness in this country. But it's like, mm-hmm. just as we uncover another one, there are 10 more in the wings. So I don't know. I'm a little uh, jaded at this point today about this conversation yeah. um, because boy, have we not seen this before and I'm sure we will continue to see it. It's just yeah. sick and sad and well, all it's of these very victims sad to say better. that churches are not a safe place for children. Oh, they are. They are not. not. No. Definitely are not. So with that being said, Katie, I'm going to send it over to you for some WTF news as if we hadn't just already heard some. (laughs) Well, WTF. Have you ever been startled in the night by your spouse? Maybe they get out of bed or come to bed late or, you know, something. Yeah, and what was Turn on the bathroom to? light and give you a heart attack, yes. yes. Uh, sure. Pull their CPAP off their face and make a big noise. Any mm-hmm. of those things, right? And what was your response? Uh, I might have grumbled a bit. I don't know. Something. Jumped. But you never shot her three times? No, I have not ever done that. That would require me to own a gun, which I don't. Uh, but no, that seems a bit extreme, more mm-hmm. than a bit, like... Nor have most people. Yes. Once uh, I got up in the night to use the washroom, and while I was in there, I heard my husband get out of bed and start walking that direction. And I had left the lights off, and so did he. And it occurred to me at the last minute, he doesn't know I'm in here. (laughs) And me, being the jerk that I am... I waited by the light switch, and just as he entered the room, I flipped the light on and yelled, Hey! (laughs) Oh, dear. And he was startled. He raised his fist. (laughs) It's me, it's me, it's me. And he went, my God, you just about got punched. I didn't know who was here. (laughs) So being startled in the night can be a thing. Yes. Can, yes. But in the case of Colleen Hoops, this lovely girl who was a professional ballerina in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Her husband shot her in the chest three times. Oh my God. At least that's the story that he told police. I immediately feel that this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. So this happened in Tempe, Arizona. And He called the police. His name is Christopher Hoops. He called the police and told them, he called the dispatcher, called dispatch, told them he was startled by his wife in the middle of the night and subsequently shot her. And she, in fact, had gunshot wounds and was taken to the hospital and died. And the police started investigating because these claims that he was just startled were surprising, you know. I mean, were and, you and asleep suspicious. with your finger on the trigger? Like, I don't yeah. understand. There has to be quite a bit more action and thought between being startled and having a gun in your hand and pulling the trigger three times. 
Yeah. Oof. So a neighbor's home through their uh, surveillance captured the gunshots, the sounds. So the audio shows that there was one gunshot and then more than two seconds passed and then more shots were fired. She was actually hit in the chest twice. Uh, More shots than two were fired. But that helped the police to start developing a probable cause or at least, you know, a different narrative because it didn't track with them either. But the idea that you were startled and just fired into the dark and then waited a little bit and fired some more. Hmm. Right. Like that doesn't make any sense at all. He would, where was the gun prior to being startled? Right. You know, like, no. Right. None of it tracks. They had been married for a little less than two years. And he has now been arrested and charged with second degree murder. Mm. And so the police, of course, are still working on, uh, you know, in the prosecutor's office, I'm sure, still working on putting together their case. But that's what happened, at least what, you know, they were told happened. And, of course, uh, you know, the dance company that she danced with uh, are absolutely devastated. Everyone who knows her is devastated. Right. And it was just horrifying, you know. Her mom, <coughs> her mother said she wanted to be a ballerina from the time she could talk. She was so tiny and had seen ballet and wanted to be a ballerina. And her mom told her, you can't go to ballet until you're four. And when she was three, she would constantly ask, am I four yet? <laughs> and started ballet as soon as she was four. And that's all she wrote. She was 25. So... Uh, We will continue to track this case and our hearts go out to Colleen's family and all her dance company and her friends. What a horrific thing to have happen. But we'll definitely keep tracking this one. I'm very interested to see what uh, the warrant says, uh, what the pretrial says. Like they've, they've got some stuff they would have to, to be able to charge them as they have. So we don't know much yet, but it'll start coming out. So we'll keep an eye on it. We wanted to open this one up so that we can continue to watch it with you guys. For sure. Wow. Well, that's terrifying. Yeah. And I'm sure that um, there's more, there's more to know in this than what Mm -hmm. we know right now. For sure. sure. Well, this is our Wednesday episode. We'll be back tonight at 7 p.m. Mountain with our case updates live stream. And we will be back on Thursday night. It is the first Thursday of the month. And so we will be doing marching orders. Yes. uh, At 7 p.m. Mountain. And that's a live stream as well. Mm -hmm. So we have lots more great content coming this week. Be sure to check it all out. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and comment. It helps us to grow. Please also check us out over on Patreon. We offer two episodes a month over there that are seen only by patrons. Mm-hmm. And uh, go to patreon.com and just search for True Crime Paranormal. You will find us. And by uh, becoming a patron, you get to help support us do what we do. Mm-hmm. And also you get 
extra content. And we do some cases over there that we that we don't want to do publicly for various reasons. And it's mostly really a lot our of fun. Own safety. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mostly <laughs> our own safety. Um, yes. we have a couple of years of cases over there. So if you become a patron, you could you could listen to them all, watch them all, whatever you want to do. So don't forget to check that out. And you know it, we are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here. Take care. Thank you.